Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. Have you heard that Elon Musk is trying to buy Twitter? Of course, Twitter is the NFT hub for all of these projects and all the breaking news in crypto and everything that's really happening in Web3 tends to gravitate towards all the conversations that are happening on Twitter. But more importantly than all of that is seeing the effects that a whale can have to a particular company or in this case, even all the shareholders that are involved. So, so many different parties are affected by this and we're going to take a look at that today. So a little bio about Elon Musk. If you're not familiar who he is, he is currently the wealthiest man on the Forbes billionaires list at valued at $265 billion net worth. And that, of course, goes up and down. And that all depends on the day, how investments are going. Just like the uh, NFT market or the crypto market, your portfolio or your, I could say your bag, whatever it is that you're holding, the price really fluctuates up and down depending on what the value of the particular cryptocurrency is, but also what the floor price or the average price of that NFT is. These numbers really change, but that is quoted in US dollars. But it wasn't always like that. He had very humble beginnings. He is an immigrant from South Africa. So I like to joke with my friends that he's actually the wealthiest African American, but he got that money initially from uh, co-founding a company that was eventually turned into PayPal. And if you're not familiar with PayPal, that is the electronic payment system that was really the original version of all this electronic peer-to-peer funds that we now currently see as being the normal. However, at that time in the late 90s, early 2000s, that was pretty pioneering. So once he sold that, he ended up splitting his proceeds from the sale into two different companies. Tesla was already founded. However, he became the largest shareholder. I think he puts a few million dollars into that, like six, seven, eight million dollars. And he ended up on the board and uh, worked with the co-founders. Now he's the CEO and pretty much the face. Everyone knows him as the Tesla guy. A lot of people think he founded it and he's the engineer that's doing all this stuff. However, no, he came into the company very early for a few million dollars and really built it to where it is now. But the other half of the money that he got from the sale, he put into SpaceX. And if you're not familiar with SpaceX, they are launching rockets. They're a private space program. They are currently doing all sorts of test flights to get people up in the space. But their primary business, how they're planning to make money on that is not space tourism like a lot of these other companies that are trying to get people to go up. But what they're trying to do is basically put all these satellites up around the globe and it gives high-speed internet to the most remote locations in the world. And that's how they're planning to fund and sustain the company. But the ultimate goal, according to Elon Musk, which all the way from back in the day when he first started this company, recruited all these rocket scientists, was he wants to colonize Mars. And his goal is actually to die on Mars because he sees all of the crazy stuff that's happening down here, wars, pollution, and all that. And he sees the alternative is to set up base and grow uh, vegetables via greenhouses on Mars and all that. That's why he started the company. So all of that to say this, he's a very interesting guy. He's very diversified. He's in all sorts of things. He has lots of money, lots of influence. And he definitely thinks outside of the box. Although he is at the top of the world right now, the most wealthy person in the world, that wasn't always the case. As I said, humble beginnings, but also Tesla was on the brinks of bankruptcy many times and he poured his own personal money into it to help to recover it and bring it to where it is now. So... All of this week, if you haven't been uh, paying attention, I should say last week, news broke out that he's been secretly buying up shares of Twitter. And he is one of the most active users on Twitter, if you're familiar with him uh, as being the Doge father, if you will. He always tweets about Dogecoin and crypto and all of these different things. And when he tweets, it really moves the market. 
Of course, when Tesla started to accept Bitcoin as payment for uh, their vehicles and what have you, then he turned around and flip-flopped and said, oh, it's bad for the environment. He's not going to accept it anymore. They shut that down, which was crazy to me because here's an electronic car company, someone who really uh, understands the environmental impacts and all this stuff. I'm pretty sure he did all of his research, but whatever reason, uh, he said he didn't do his full research on this or whatever the impacts of the environment and what have you. That's why they paused their Bitcoin holdings and accepting his payments. However, they resumed it after the fact. So anyways, needless to say, he's been using Twitter to move markets, get his opinions out and all sorts of different things. And because of this, he has a major influence on not only traditional economies and all these things, but in Web3, he is a big present. So seeing all of this, how he's affecting all of this, seeing that he has a joint interest with Twitter, it's not really any surprise that he started to buy up large amounts of shares. However, it turns out that he amassed basically, I think it was nine point something percent, almost 10% of the outstanding shares of Twitter. And because of this, he became the whale, the largest single holder, and they invited him onto the board. But then all sorts of different things going back and forth. He ended up not being on the board, but then now he is starting to uh, tweet about all the different changes that he would like to see on Twitter, such as an edit button, which I am 100% for because anytime I tweet, I make so many typos and mistakes and what have you. And sometimes I delete them to retype it and uh, edit it. But then one time uh, someone uh, retweeted or liked or whatever it was. And I said, oh man, that would have got so much reach. I shouldn't have done it, but whatever. Anyways, an edit button would be awesome. But he's also said there's other things that he would like to see changes and all these different things. But he went even further from that. He said he wants to buy Twitter outright for $43 billion and turn it into a private company. And if you do the math to see where the shares are right now, that would actually be buying it at a premium. So the shareholders would be making a lot of money. But of course, the board and the CEO and everyone rejects that and says no. So what does he do? He turns to Twitter and says, who should make this decision? Should it be the board or should it be the shareholders? Because again, the offer that he made is above the current share price. So the shareholders would be making a profit. So he puts out this poll. And of course, the majority of the people, millions of people vote on this thing and they side with him saying that the shareholders should make this decision and they should sell it to him. Now, I say all that to say this, that eventful week has turned Twitter upside down on the inside and the board, the management, this would be like the insider team. Uh, I'm getting to the whole how this all ties into the whole uh, NFT thing. And this actually really relates to projects. But I'm giving you all of this, this business side of things as far as what's happening at this company with share prices and all that. And then I'm going to relate it back to what we're dealing with with NFTs and Web3 and everything. It's all going to come together towards the end. But now, so going to this whole thing, the CEO has to go have an emergency all hands meeting on deck, calls all of the staff to have discuss all the stuff that's going on because now the employees are panicking because what's going on is Elon going to take over this company. They have spent some of them uh, decades working on building this and their life savings are in, uh, invested into this. They have their uh, stock options and all these different things. So it is a huge deal for them because a lot of these people joined when Twitter was a startup and really they banked everything on the success of this company. So they're emotionally attached to it. They're invested in it. And that's like a lot of the people that have come into these NFT projects. They have minted it. They have been there from day one and they want to see this project grow. So needless to say, the CEO has to address this because the employees, the people that are really driving this thing and they're running the company and what have you are spooked at this point. So 
Anyways, he discusses and says, you know what? This is what's going on. This is what's happening. So the employees are upset that he wasn't forthcoming and saying that, look, Elon Musk is buying up a lot of our shares right now, and we don't know what his intentions are, but this is what's going on. And then they're also upset that he's not being proactive, that he's not going out on Twitter and basically countering the narrative because they're afraid that if Elon comes in, they're going to lay off staff, make cuts, do all sorts of drastic changes that are into the best interest of his profit because he didn't get to $265 billion by not doing things that were, you know, good for his pocket. So they are very worried about that because what would that mean for a private company? And really, they don't have the same regulations and oversights and government tapping into all sorts of different things as a public company does. So they're very worried about it. And it's ironic because the CEO of Twitter does not have the influence on Twitter as Elon Musk does. So it's very funny to see that the employees are saying he should use his own tool, not really his tool, but the tool that he is in charge of or leading the team for and counter Elon's appeal to the market and speaking to all the people. So it's very interesting to say. All these frustrations, all of these different things, now I'm going to show you how it ties into all of the things that really happens in the NFT space. When a whale comes into a particular project, meaning that they buy up a whole bunch of the existing supply of that NFT, whatever it is, they become very influential. So when they're starting to tweet and spread FUD or whatever it might be, whether it be for good or for bad, it could be good news saying that this is awesome, they have the ability to really move markets very quickly. And in the case of Twitter, when Elon Musk started to buy up all the stuff and it was announced that he had 10%, immediately the stock price jumps up. So that is a good thing in the sense that, okay, people are seeing that, all right, now our bag has just increased in value because of Elon's involvement. Awesome. But now once he starts to say all the stuff and point out all the things and saying that he's willing to buy it over the whatever the, the current price is, okay, here we go again. The pump starts to happen again because people are anticipating that whatever news is coming out, that's how the market reacts to it. And so they're anticipating that this is going to be a reality that he's going to buy it. So now all of a sudden that the prices start to creep up. And that happens a lot too in the NFT space. When you hear about an airdrop or a token release or whatever it might be, or there's something coming out that a benefit that these holders are going to have. For example, with the uh, V friends, when they're talking about VCon tickets and all of those different things, if you notice that the floor price for the V friends shot up, everyone wants to see what's going on, what the art's going to be like, who they're partnering with and get all the information. So no one wants to sell. So in order to get someone to sell to you, you have to offer a premium over what it was being sold for before that whole announcement. So going back to this whole thing with whales in the project, they have that ability to really move the market because with a huge company like Twitter, we're talking about it takes a lot of shares and a lot of dollars to actually have 10% of the share. But when we're talking about a 10,000 NFT collection, that really is only 1,000 of those NFTs. Using simple numbers, let's say that 1,000 of those NFTs is for $1,000 each. That is 1,000 times 1,000. That's only a million dollars. So a million dollars could get someone to be a whale. Now, to the average person such as myself, okay, yeah, I do not have a million dollars to become a whale in a project like that. However, someone that might not have Elon's money, but let's say they have 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars, being able to play with one million dollars is not that big of a deal. So they can easily jump into it, become an influencer, start to move the market, and they can do all sorts of things, whether it be for good or for bad. And in the case of Elon, some of the suggestions that he's making, okay, sounds awesome. But then he makes the threat to say that 
if these changes and things do not happen according to what he would like, he will dump all of his shares on the floor. Now I'm using NFT terms, not on the floor, but dump it on the market and it's going to uh, cause the stock price to go tumbling. Now, a lot of people might say well, that doesn't even matter. But in the case of these businesses, a lot of contracts and just like a floor price in the NFT, when they look at it and say, okay, where is the floor? What is the minimum one to get into that? A lot of people use that to judge the success or the stability of that company. So it really moves the headlines, how the stories are going, how the press views it, how the public sees it, the sentiment towards that particular uh, NFT project. And in the case of the company, there's a lot of sound companies, but because the stock price is down, it doesn't look so good or vice versa or in, or, or in contrast, I should say, when a stock price of a company is really high, although it might not be profitable at all, people think that is a very stable company and awesome. Speaking of not being even profitable, Twitter is not even a profitable company. So it, it's very it's, it's funny to say that, okay, here's this massive $43 billion purchase offer or whatever, but the company is not even turning a profit. So, but that is another story in itself. So the perception of a stock price being high and the floor price of an NFT being high, it really dictates that whole narrative. But in case over of these companies, a lot of loans and agreements and arrangements that they have with various companies and even the ratings companies, their credit ratings and all of these different things is dictated by the stock price and also executive compensations and pension plans. And a lot of things are tied to that. And that is why it is such a big deal. So here we have these threats and they have to take it seriously because it could really move the market in a way that could affect everyone. So Going back to the NFT projects, I know I'm doing a lot of dancing back and forth and comparing and contrasting, but really there's a lot of similarities between a company and a real project, shareholders and NFT holders, stocks and NFTs, and the markets such as OpenSea and all the other markets and the NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange and all the various stock exchanges around the world. There's a lot of similarities here. So a lot of people, it's pretty funny that we in Web3 like to knock the stock market and talk about finance as if that is taboo and everything. But in a sense, we've just created a iteration of that, if you will. We've continued on all of those ideas and all those promises and all those uh, concepts. And we've just really rolled it out in a very different way into Web3. And we're building on that and seeing where that's going right now. However, the main thing that I really want to cover as far as uh, looking at this is really understanding that these whales that come into projects or companies have huge influence on what happens and it really affects their profit. These people do not get to where they are as far as making that type of money. And I'm not knocking it. We all want to get there. I should say most of us want to get there, be in a place where we are able to live comfortably and just do some great things based on the investments we've made in life. However, it is a business and understand that when somebody comes in, it's not all sunshines and rainbows and just amazing things. Things could go wrong, could go sideways very quickly, especially if they don't get what they want, if they want the project to move in a different way. So founders should really have some sort of uh, understanding and knowing that, okay, if somebody comes into my project, that might be awesome that they have the funds and have the liquidity to just really buy up the bag and push up the floor price. But what kind of problems could they be down the line? So looking at this and not saying that having someone with a lot of influence and a lot of money in your project is a bad thing, it might be a great thing. They might even become someone who really helps to push it forward and help to roll out the uh, roadmap and uh, use their network and connections and help to be a sounding board for ideas and such like that. So it could be a great benefit. However, just notice that everything has its pluses and its minuses. So 
connecting all that together, tying it all together, see where all this goes. Just really tune in to see what happens between Elon Musk and Twitter. It's going to get very interesting and could get very awkward. And who knows what could actually happen? I wonder if they can ban him because it is a private platform. Because sure, some of the most famous people, such as the former president of the United States, he was banned from Twitter for his conduct and what have you. But at the end of the day, there's no difference between a founder banning someone from a Discord for whatever conversation that they're having or whatever it is. It is a private platform. So who knows what could really happen if things get really awkward and weird. Just tune into that, see how that plays out. But with that said, if you find any of this interesting, I would love to know what you are thinking. Some feedback would be greatly appreciated on Apple or Spotify, whatever platform that you are using to listen to this. Usually there is a rating and a comment system. So I would greatly appreciate that. And as usual, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this content as we learn and build Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.